The marvel of marvels is the beautiful book. All of the questions the world has ever asked or will ever ask are answered in God's holy Bible. The scientist pursues Einstein's quest for the theory of everything, while the child asks, where is heaven? The Word of God has all the answers. At the writing of this feature, I am 71 years of age, and by the grace of God in good health, but my days are numbered here on the earth. During the miraculous journey of my salvation spanning nearly 50 years, I have searched for the truth, and one thing I know for certain is that Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory, God's creator of the universe, the solution to every problem, and that there is no other name under heaven by which men can be saved, Acts 4.12. God's word is the inerrant truth authored by him and penned by holy men of God. John 3.3 reads, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This beautiful book says, To see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Have you been born again? Have you repented of your sins and surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? Will today be your day of salvation? All your sin and shame can be washed away today by the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ and all, and I mean all, of Satan's bondage is broken. Will you choose the truth? Your journey unto eternal life in Christ Jesus can begin now, and what a glorious journey it is. Follow this prompt now. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Luke four thirty-three through 35. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have, he, uh, ha what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and heard him not. God said, Mark chapter 5, 2 through 13. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, day and night, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice, and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God, that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about two thousand and were choked in the sea. God said, First Thessalonians 4, 4, 
that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Man said, ludicrous. The existence of Satan and the dumbo idea of devil possession are ridiculous. An educated society shouts, no. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 938, that will once again verify the perfect inerrancy of God's Word. All of these marvelous features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and as a boat from which to fish for the souls of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for visiting. May God's peace and mercy be multiplied unto you. The world's population is being bound up at an alarming pace by evil spirits. The digital world has taken devil possession to a new global dimension. Foundational information from several God Said Men Said features follow. God Said Men Said, Devil Possession and How to Be Set Free, Part 2. Devil possession is real business, and knowing how to deal when confronted with these spiritual situations is critical. Jesus Christ spent much of his ministry casting out devils. When describing what real believers will do, he says in Mark sixteen seventeen, And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. The operative word in this passage is believe. Spirits are real entities and have spiritual members, even as the natural man has physical members. The Bible says God is a spirit. Angels are ministering spirits, and Satan is a spirit. All have lips, hands, feet, the works. Don't think of spirits as some abstract ethereal entity, for this is not the case. Various types of devil possessions are outlined in the scriptures. Suicidal spirits multiple personalities, self-destructive cutter-type spirits, and even those described in Mark 9.25. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto them, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. There is a spirit of witchcraft and idolatry, a spirit of lust, hatred, pride, lying, jealousy, confusion, greed, unbelief, a spirit of infirmity, and more. This feature will address the reality of Satan's not-so-clandestine works, how devils gain access to human vessels, and how to evict them. The UK Telegraph, September 26, 2016, headline reads, Leading U.S. Exorcists Explain Huge Increase in Demand for the Right and Priests to Carry Them Out. Headline, August 2016, WND.com reads, U.S. Alarm, Unprecedented Demonic Outpouring. An excerpt from pastor and author Carl Gallup's follows. Because of modern technology, the whole world sees these demonic displays one after the other, the pastor said. We are under the prophesied demonic deluge. The problem is, it is so in your face that few actually see it. There is such a technological saturation of evil, from entertainment mediums to virtual fantasy porn, that a normalcy bias kicks into overdrive. And Gallup's concluded ominous, ominously what modern Christians are witnessing is nothing new. He says this, It's kind of like the days of Noah, he said. 
Every one just ate and drank, even though their judgment was staring them in the face, just like Jesus warned. The lion of prophecy is roaring. I wonder if anyone actually hears it. End of quote. A monster spiritual bondage, which is the elephant in the room, is academic devils that bind the minds of those who refuse to retain God and their knowledge. Deadly academic devils enter through the door of unbelief, possessing receptive human bodies, driving them to that which is unseemly, embracing atheism, effolution, or evolution, as it is pronounced in England, homosexuality, and all manner of perversion. While reading Romans 1, 18 through 28, keep in mind that unrighteousness is unbelief and its resultant deeds. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beast, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lust one toward another, men with men, working out that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. The absolutely ludicrous is embraced when one refuses to retain God and his knowledge. These individuals are given over to reprobate minds, which by definition means worthless. Second Thessalonians 2, 8 through 12 defines the last day, uh, day's devil stronghold as the deceivableness of unrighteousness, and this deception is a product of unbelief. Those of this ilk are possessed of a spirit of strong delusion that they might believe a lie. The passage in Thessalonians specifically relates to the condition of the world just prior to the great taking up of the church, commonly called the rapture. The spirits of reprobate and strong delusion are easily demonstrated. For example, the spiritual bondage comports into the foolishness that all of creation is a result of a big bang where nothing explodes and evolves into everything. It comports to dinosaurs, those terrible lizards evolving into hummingbirds, or water buffaloes that miraculously evolve into whales. It comports to, am I a boy or a girl or something else, homosexuality, gay marriage, and what bathroom should I use? This is just a sampling of the devil bondage of reprobate minds and strong delusions. How does the devil possess a human vessel, though? The following principles have been lifted from previous God Said, Man Said features. God Said, Man Said, hauntings, dead spirits, and ghosts. In 2 Corinthians 2.11, we are instructed not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Satan is a very real spirit, and it's important to have understanding of the spirit realm to understand his devices. There are laws of spirit-flesh interaction, 
and it behooves us to understand the rules of engagement. All spirits come from God. Evil spirits were once good, but rebelled against the Spirit of God. These spirits are comprised of Satan, the other fallen angels, and the unregenerated spirits of living men who yield themselves to the spirit of disobedience. By design, we function in a spiritual realm. Our great-grandfather Adam was an inert mound of mud, a clay sculpture, so to speak, until God breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. That is when Adam became a living soul. Without exception, all physical things are made and moved by the Spirit of God. Through Christ, the Spirit in us leaks up to, links up to the Spirit of God in obedience, or without Christ, to Satan's Spirit in disobedience. We make this choice. But remember, we are likened to sheep for a specific reason. We have been designed to follow. We simply follow. But the choice of who we follow and into whose image we develop is ours. Early, earlier, I mentioned the need to understand the laws of spirit-flesh engagement. Romans 6.16 6, reads, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Note the words whom and yield. A believer yields himself to God and becomes possessed of the Spirit of God. A Christian, when speaking of his or her salvation, will use terms such as, I've surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, or I've asked Jesus Christ into my heart. Conversely, a non-Christian who yields himself to Satan's spirit of disobedience becomes possessed by that spirit. As this individual continues to yield to disobedience, the level of bondage increases. In the same way, the believer that continues to yield to the Spirit of God, which is the Spirit of life, increases his freedom. The difference of being possessed of the Spirit of God versus the Spirit of the Antichrist is the difference between life and death, between light and darkness, 180 degrees. The Spirit of God is sought willingly, and a believer stays with God by his own volition. The benefits are life and life more abundantly here on this earth and eternal life through the saving blood of Jesus Christ. In the other camp, those who yield to the spirit of disobedience are taken by Satan at his will, 2 Timothy 2.26, and can only leave his death grip by the delivering hand of Jesus Christ. The wages of sin are death and destruction while living on this earth than eternal damnation in the lake of fire. Jesus spends much time in the Bible casting out evil spirits who have taken up residence inside humans. Again, concerning the ministry of his followers, Jesus Christ said they would cast out devils. Conver uh, conversations can be held with evil spirits. An example is found in Luke 8, 27 through 33. Evil spirits will many times function inside a possessed person and speak in the third person or manifest themselves as multiple personalities. Some situations attributed to psychological disorders are actually devil possessions. Individuals possessed by the Spirit of God can cast out these spirits. It's important to note that children of God have full authority over devil spirits, and they are not to be feared, not to be trifled with for certain, but not to be feared. End of quote. God said, man said, we will kill Leona when she gets home, so the devil said. 
We are created not only as physical beings. When God breathed the spirit of life into our nostrils, we became living souls. Man was created with a direct physical spiritual interface that is not optional. We are physical and spiritual, and interaction between the two dimensions is constant. In the very beginning, Adam and Eve were immoral and lived in a place called paradise, a place where only one voice was heard, God the Creator's voice. One day, a second voice began to speak, and this voice contradicted the first voice. This second voice was Satan's voice, the destroyer, the antithesis of the first. We have been created to hear voices and to interact. In 1 Kings 19.12, it is described as a still, small voice. You'll often hear the born again say, God spoke to me, and be assured the camp of the second voice also hears voices, not always audible, audible, excuse me, but always heard. Concerning voices and the redeemed, Jesus said in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them that follow me. God has constructed laws of physical to spiritual interaction, laws that spiritual entities cannot abridge. First Peter 5, verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The verse reads, whom he may devour, and not whom he can. Satan needs permission to devour, and his permission is the open door of disobedience. The final plague of Egypt during Israel's deliverance from Egyptian bondage was the slaying of the firstborn, Exodus 11 and 12. The firstborn of man and beast were to be destroyed in all of Egypt, and the only place of safety was declared in Exodus 12:23, For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lentil and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. Note that the destroyer needed permission. During the time, during the time, excuse me, of the final plague, those who remained in the blood-bought house were safe from the destroying angel. When Satan, the destroyer, sees the blood of Christ that has washed away the sins of the redeemed, he must pass over. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 reads, For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Satan does not have permission to destroy the blood-bought soul. The rules of physical to spiritual engagement are also revealed in Job 1, 8 through 10. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. Satan refers to a hedge of protection that blocks him from damaging Job. That hedge is made of faith in God and obedience to his word. When the hedge is down, when the door is open, Satan has the green light to damage and in some cases even possess the physical bodies of mortals. Much of the ministry of Jesus Christ involved casting out devils out of individuals. Several paragraphs from the God Said, Man Said feature casting out devils follow. Exorcism is defined by Noah Webster's 1828 American Dictionary of the English Language as the expulsion of evil spirits 
from persons or places by certain adjurations and ceremonies. End of quote. Now, Jesus Christ did not perform exorcisms, but cast out unclean spirits by the power of his word. The ministers of the cross cast out devils in Jesus' name by the spoken authority of the word of faith, which is the most powerful force in the universe. There are those in the field of parapsychology, which is the study of extrasensory perception and related uh, psychic phenomena, who believe that many patients in today's insane asylums are possessed by unclean spirits or devils. The headline in the January 24, 2015 issue of Science News reads, Culture Affects Tones of Voices. Several excerpts follow. People with schizophrenia may hear either hostile voices goading them to jump off a bridge or a mother's soothing words of advice depending on the cultures in which they leave, uh, live, Excuse me, a new study suggests. In the United States, schizophrenia's recognized symptoms include hallucinations of disembodied voices that hurl insults and make violent commands. But in India and Ghana, schizophrenia patients often report positive relationships with hallucinated voices that they recognize as those of family members or God, says an international team led by Stanford University anthropologist Tanya Lorman. The findings appear in the January British Journal of Psychiatry. Indians and Africans in the study spoke little of their psychiatric diagnosis. Their social worlds emphasized relationships over individuality and the possibility of supernatural contacts with spirits. Many patients in both regions regarded most hallucinated voices as familiar people who couldn't be controlled but who were sensible and likable. The new findings lend support to a controversial treatment approach in the West called the Hearing Voices Movement, which for more than 20 years has taught people to interact with hallucinated voices as people. If this approach continues to catch on, a growing number of people with schizophrenia will become skilled at interacting constructively with their voices, Hopper predicts, end of quotes. God said, man said, does not suggest that everyone diagnosed with schizophrenia is possessed of devils, but certainly all are being oppressed by the devil, although many, by biblical description, would be considered possessed, end of quote. These are the very last days, and hell is pouring out its bondages upon this earth in torrents of filthiness and uncleanness, binding, contaminating, and destroying all that are found in its way. There is no earthly power of any sort that can contend with the gross and lewd darkness of the devil, with only one exception, and that exception is not of this world. That exception is the blood-covered champion of Golgotha, Jesus Christ the righteous, who triumphed exceedingly over Satan and even now possesses the keys of hell and death, Revelation 1.18. Satan, the devil, has been spoiled and cast out of heaven by this almighty Christ, and this king of glory alone can deliver the sons and daughters of Adam who have been sold into sin. He alone. These are the last days, and according to the book of Daniel, one of the signs is that wickedness will come to a fool. But be advised, Romans 5.20 reads, But where sin abounded, 
grace did that much more abound. Those stepping in the light will participate in an outpouring of God's Spirit, even the very latter rain, with unduplicated and staggering global results. An ongoing warfare between light and darkness shall accelerate faster and faster and more ferocious and will not relent until the very world-ending as we know it battle of Armageddon. Word walkers, prepare to engage the soldiers of damnable heresy not with guns and bombs, but with childlike faith that worketh by love. This alone is Satan's greatest fear. Second Corinthians 2.11 speaks of Satan's subtleties. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We need to know how the devil possesses, lest Satan get an advantage on us. Spirits have identifiable traits traits that are peculiar to that individual spirit. The spirit of man has telltale traits, and this spirit is demonstrated in his walk, his talk, his desires and proclivities. These traits are common to men. The spirit of woman has telltale traits, and this spirit is demonstrated in her walk, her talk, her desires and proclivities, and these traits are common to women. Satan has a host of unclean spirits, and each has its unique traits, but keep in mind that these spirits must kill, steal, and destroy. For example, there is the spirit of unbelief, the spirit of lust, the spirit of jealousy, a lying spirit, and on and on, each with its own peculiar traits that are easily identifiable. All of Satan's spirits must kill, steal, and destroy in the present and for eternity. But Jesus Christ gives the children of faith power over unclean spirits. Matthew 10, 1, And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Noah Webster defines unclean in this context as adultery of the heart consisting of inordinate and unclean affections. The word unclean in the New Testament is also associated with a spiritual contagion, and this spirit will affect others by association. Consider the homosexual spirit and how it affects the humans it possesses. It affects their walk, their talk, their desires and proclivities, and these traits are common to all who are possessed by it, and they are easily recognized. As you read some of the latest issues concerning the present human dilemma, keep in mind that unclean spirits are contagious. The headline in the November 28, 2018 post on psychologytoday.com reads, Why is transgender identity on the rise among teens? Excerpts follow. Transgender identity is characterized by experiencing distress with or an inability to identify with one's biological sex, usually prompting a desire to live one's life as the opposite sex. In the DSM-5, the standard classification of mental disorders used by mental health professionals, this condition is known as gender dysphoria. Transgender identity is now reported among young NATO females at rates that clearly exceed all known statistics to date. In a recent survey of 250 families whose children developed symptoms of gender dysphoria during or right after puberty, Lisa Littman, a physician and professor of behavioral science at Brown University, found that over 80% of the youth in her sample 
were female at birth. Littman's study reported many other surprising findings. To meet the diagnostic criteria for gender dysphoria, a child typically needs to have shown observable characteristics of the condition prior to puberty, such as a strong rejection of typically feminine or masculine toys or strong resistance to wearing typically feminine or masculine clothes. Again, 80% of the parents in the study reported observing none of these early signs in their children. The plot thickens again. First, many of the youth in the survey had been directly exposed to one or more peers who had recently come out as trans. Next, 63.5% of the parents reported that in the time just before announcing they were trans, their child had exhibited a marked increase in Internet and social media consumption. Following popular YouTubers who discussed their transition, thus emerged as a common factor in many of the cases. After the youth came out, an increase in distress, conflict with parents, and voiced antagonism towards heterosexual people and non-transgender people, known as cis or cisgender, was also frequently reported. This animosity was also described as extending to males, white people, gay and lesbian non-transgender people. The view adopted by trans youth, as summed up by one parent, seemed to be that, in general, cisgendered people are considered evil and unsupportive regardless of their actual views on the topic. To be heterosexual, comfortable with the gender you were assigned at birth, and non-minority places you in the most evil of categories with this group of friends. Statements of opinions by the evil, cisgendered population are considered phobic and discriminatory and are generally discounted as unenlightened. Parents further reported being derogatorily called breeders by their children or being routinely harassed by children who played pronoun police. The observation that they no longer recognized their child's voice came up time and time again and parental reports. In turn, the eerie similarity between the youth's discourse and trans-positive online content was repeatedly emphasized. Youth were described as sounding scripted, reading from a script, wooden, like a form letter, verbatim, word for word, or practically copy and paste. Littman raises cautions about encouraging young people's desire to transition in all instances. From the cases reviewed in her study, she concluded what she terms rapid-onset gender dysphoria appears to be a novel condition that emerges from cohort and contagion effects and novel social pressures. The notion reported by parents that the ROGD appears to be scripted is also telling. Medical anthropologists describe the process of outsourcing negative feelings to cultural negative narratives and systems of beliefs as idioms of distress. These beliefs can be partially grounded in science and biology, as in the case with current brain-based mental health culture, or not at all, as in the case in cultures that explain mental illness through the idiom of spirit possession. When extreme forms of distress and coping arise through novel social pressures and spread through implicit imitation, strange epidemics of mass psychogenic illnesses have been documented. These have extended to dancing plagues, possession epidemics on factory floors, fugue states, 
or epidemics of face twitching. These conditions are described as psychogenic, originating in the mind when no underlying physical cause can be determined, end of quote. The September 14, 2018 issue of The Week ran this headline, A Transgender Studies Non-PC Conclusion. Excerpts follow. A Brown University researcher has come to a stunning conclusion about transgender youth, one that the university is now trying to censor, said Joy Pullman. The explosion in the number of teens, especially girls, who are suddenly come to believe they are transgender, the study found, may be the result of social contagion linked to having friends who identify as transgender and obsessively viewing YouTube videos about transgender youth. Lisa Littman, a behavioral and social scientist professor, examined clusters of rapid-onset gender dysphoria among young people and surveyed 256 parents of kids who had come out as transgender. A full 87% announced they were transgender only after friends did or after immersing themselves in online videos and chats about transgender youth. None had expressed transgender feelings early in childhood. When activist groups strongly objected to the study, Brown yanked it off its website and apologized. But if transgenderism really is a fad, for at least some of the young people, that has important implications. Should parents agree to their kids' demands for irreversible surgical and hormonal intervention at an early age? End of quote. Satan's spirit of confusion is on the move. In the two news releases you were just exposed to, you heard the following terms. Mental disorders. Explosion of transgender population. Marked increase in Internet and social media consumption. Increase in distress. Conflict and disrespect for parents. Straight, heterosexual people considered evil. Parents no longer recognizing their child's voice sounding scripted or like a form letter, contagion effect, possession epidemic, social contagion. Keep in mind, unclean spirits are contagious, and also keep in mind that Jesus Christ is the remedy. The Christ solution for those seeking deliverance from such a situation is to cast out the evil spirits, secure the person's salvation, and to immediately get that individual filled and sealed with the Holy Ghost, for Satan will return and attempt to repossess. Jesus states in Luke eleven twenty four through 26, When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest, and finding none, he saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh to him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Those who are not filled with the Holy Ghost, as they were on the day of Pentecost, need to visit the Holy Ghost series on this website. All children of faith have the power to cast out devils in Jesus' name, but it is critical that the believer acting on this promise has their individual hedge of faith and obedience intact. There is no secret supernatural prayer that one prays to cast out devils. The procedure is accomplished even as Christ demonstrates with one modification. Example, Jesus said in Mark 5, 8, 
Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. The child of faith would say, In the name of Jesus Christ, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Example, Jesus said in Luke 4.35, Hold thy peace and come out of him. The child of faith would say, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, hold thy peace and come out of him. Devil possession is more prevalent than most would think. But Jesus Christ, as in all matters in which we are involved, is the answer. Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory. End of quote. Once the evil spirits are cast out, immediate action is required. Keep in mind that darkness cannot exist in the presence of light, and God is light. 1 John 1, 5. Important guidelines for those set free from devils would be, 1. The individual must fully surrender his or her life to Jesus Christ with an open confession and begin to seek the Lord in His Word, and this would certainly include water baptism by immersion. Click on to further with Jesus. Number two, the delivered saint should acquire an authorized King James Version of the Bible. Click on to the God Said, Man Said, Holy Ghost series and follow along. During this series, as the new believer steps out in faith, he or she will receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When the devil returns to inhabit, they will see the Holy Ghost, no vacancy sign. Number three. The newly delivered saint must remove all unclean things that are in his or her control from his or her home, vehicle, and workplace. A short list would include alcohol, social media and or smartphones, drugs, witchcraft and satanic elements, things to do with the occult such as horoscopes, Ouija boards, literature and the like, pornography, antichrist academic literature. TV programs, internet use, and radio programs that should be censored, and God will lead in the rest. Number four, the newly set free believer should read the Word of God daily. For example, morning, noon, and evening begin in Matthew. A good rule of thumb is to spend as much time eating the bread of life as one spends eating food and snacking. Attend the church, full gospel church, at least twice a week. Tell others about the love of Christ. Separate from sinners and fellowship with the born again. The children of God have the power to cast out devils in Jesus' name. The world needs us now. God said, Luke 4, 33 through 35, And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. God said, Mark 5, 2 through 13. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice, and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, 
My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. God said, 1 Thessalonians 4.4, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Man said, ludicrous, the existence of Satan and the dumbo idea of devil possession are ridiculous. An educated society shouts, no. Now you have the record.